Sean Sheehan answers everything on SevereMMA.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Sean Sheehan Answers Everything, following episode 211 of the Severe MMA Podcast Premium. And today, it's a free version, so everyone here uh, is listening over on the normal Severe MMA Podcast feed and on the Patreon feed. So if you're in the normal feed, if you like this podcast... If you think, I want to listen to Sean talk for 20 minutes every week and answer all my questions, I want to I want to guarantee to get my question answered, I'll go over now and I'll go to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast and I'll sign up. It'll cost me like a euro 25 a week or something and I'll get three extra podcasts and I'll get area access to the main podcast and I'll get to listen to this Q&A uh, every week. So I have one of these every Tuesday, every Tuesday morning, first thing when you get up, there's a Q&A out 20 minutes or so. Uh, after the the normal big podcast and answer all the, the rest of the Twitter questions that we don't get, the, all the Patreon questions, they get ex- uh, priority uh, on this and Instagram and everywhere. So uh, that's myself for that. If, <laughs> if you want to sign up, sign up, patreon.com forward slash for my podcast. Um, uh, as I said, keep your questions coming in all week. I'll have an, obviously another one of these next week. And there's probably going to be uh, a largely question-orientated podcast as well next week because there's no big event or anything. There's probably a couple of the week after. But uh, feel free to fire in loads of questions uh, this week at Severe Pod uh, on Twitter and uh, everywhere else as well. You know where to get it. So let's get straight into this here. Uh, first questions are coming from a Patreon. Uh, Beggar Nicholson asks a Game of Thrones question, which I'm not going to answer uh, because uh, people will, uh, <laughs> will get mad me for giving spoilers because some people are on like season two season three or stuff uh so i'm, I'm not gonna do that but uh yeah game of thrones was it was good it was good um a lot of people are disappointed with the the final episode and i can i can kind of see why but i think upon reflection i think people will actually like it more because it, it made sense and everything like that but i don't want to give any spoilers away so that's all i'll say on it uh crawl susanna which foul is least likely cause a point to be taken eye poke grind strike fin scrap uh illegal knee uh, all of the above um i think that's easier to answer the other way around i think a fin scrap is the one which is easiest to take a point from because you can actually see the effect as in the effect it has on the fight rather than the effect on you know the human being or the fighter whereas like if you see someone in an eye poke or a grind strike or an illegal knee somewhere that can have a greater effect and it always almost does have a greater effect in a fin scrap upon the actual person but a fin scrap has a greater effect on the fight itself so if, like if you grab the fins twice or, or you know he'll, he'll warn you or, or whatever and then he'll say don't do it again and then if you do it like a third time or a fourth time or whatever they'll take a point but usually like it takes a lot for someone to say you know if you hit three grind strikes it's it's hard for the referee to say that was mint you know because we 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 don't expect fighters to kick the other fighter on the balls (laughs) you know on purpose it's just kind of a thing we do but a fins grab you kind of can't say it wasn't on purpose a lot of times so i think that's the reason as well but you know, Graham kind of argues a lot, I think, and he's probably right that a lot of these eye pokes and grind strikes and illegal knees are, are kind of mint, and maybe we're too kind to fighters. You know, we, on, in other sports, um, it's it's not like that. You know, if a soccer player dives or someone has a foul in another sport, it's, it's a foul, and you know they kind of mean it, or it's a, I think it's flagrant, they call it in America. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, I think the whole... Uh, the whole um, thing should be should be changed. I don't think you should be taking any points for it unless there's uh, a big, big difference it makes in the fight. I think what you should do for fin scrabs especially is to give the fighter who is the victim of it either the fight on the feet if they want it there to fight against a clinch or the fight on the ground in guard if they want it there I think that should be the punishment I don't think points are, are the answer because people don't want to take points the referees don't want to take points and it leads to to getting two or three free strikes uh, or free fouls before you actually get uh, any uh, caution 
So if you, you grab the fringe once, then you get your caution straight away. Put the guy on his back, uh, put him up against the fence, or put him up back strike, and whichever the, the person wants. I think that's a good way of doing it, and I think that's what they <coughs> should probably do. But anyway, uh, let's move on. Don Stickney, given the pay-per-view numbers for the first two ESPN Plus pay-per-views, how in bloody hell is ESPN making money out of the guaranteed 500,000 pay-per-view buys to the UFC? Any idea? Yeah, well, there's no real numbers. I think Dave Meltzer reported that the numbers were down a lot, but I don't think he has the full numbers all the time like he used to are. An idea of them anyway, but you know you could probably say that they are down. I, I think it, that's probably more likely. And how are ESPN making money? I actually don't know. Maybe it's true advertising. Maybe it's it's true hoping Conor McGregor comes back and and they can get a big pay per view with him or uh, GSP and and uh, um, John Jones. Well, GSP is retired, but you know MMA retirement as we always say. But last year I think the UFC pay per views averaged around that and i think that's kind of where they got it from but are they going to average that this year with no mcgregor gsp or you know well you, you have john jones but no mega john jones fight it looks like and no brock lesnar either it's going to be difficult but i suppose uh i suppose we we will see on that how are they making i don't know how they're making money out of it to be honest um gun to your head you have uh to cut either michael Pereira or johnny walker who goes to bellator oh no um jeez i I'd probably get rid of Johnny Walker. Maybe that's recency bias. But I, I think... I just love Michael Pereira. <laughs> He's so great. Although he could have fun fights in Bellator too. And maybe Johnny Walker wouldn't have as fun ones there. And wouldn't go in and get to fight John Jones. Yeah, I'll stick with it. Because I just love Pereira so much. He's, he's great. Uh, Mark Atwell. How on earth did the soccer mom beat Megan Anderson? She's a bit, a bit harsh. Uh, she won the fight with a good strategy. And executed it well. But completely unexpected. Yeah. Did I call her Megan? I'm Megan Anderson. Um... I think that's a bit harsh. Uh, um, Felicia did very well. I thought she, you know, she she pulled guard. She had a good strategy. Got Megan Anderson to the ground, uh, and got the, the submission. I don't think there was anything wrong with it. Maybe she doesn't look the part, and Megan Anderson does. But I think Megan Anderson's a deeply flawed fighter. Um, you know, she doesn't seem to have improved or not. As I said on the on the main podcast, she has the the, the physical attributes, the size, and the, the the power, and well, maybe not the power, but the you know the the strength and the a little bit of speed as well but she doesn't seem to be able to put it together that well or to to improve the way she puts it together so i think that's a bigger issue uh than anything uh, if you paid for a seat at the wilder fight would you consider that money well spent given the short round time that's an always an interesting question isn't it because you know I, i've gone i haven't gone to that many like boxing or mma events obviously because there isn't really that many in ireland or big ones anyway but the one i did go to was the that i paid for i was i was between severe and and uh however may at the time so i hadn't applied for uh for credentials for however may and i i just bought a ticket and went with with the boys and it was that fight was what four three four minutes something like that one round and i think everyone was kind of happy enough with that you know so if you're a big deontay wilder fight fight fan and deontay wilder gets that knockout early you're going to be you know you're going to be pretty happy it's pretty excited i suppose it's better than a, a 12 round boar fest um, so yeah, I, th- I think people would like that. There's the undercard and everything like that as well. So I, th- I think that's uh, all right. Uh, Mark, what's next for the Motown Phenom? He's running out of avenues to go down. Yeah, Kevin Lee. It's a, it's a difficult one. Really. Kevin Lee, really, isn't it? Because you know he's tried 155. He's gone up to 170 now and tried that as well. You know, I, I think actually one of the questions in here is from Sean Humes. What camp should Kevin Lee go to over on Twitter? 
and that's that's maybe that's a thing he needs to to do. Maybe he needs to do a bit of a Tyron Woodley and go around, you know, go to ATT and go to Rufus uh, Rufus Sport and go to maybe up to Canada, or, you know, to do 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 different things. I think that wouldn't be a bad thing to do for for Kevin Lee Seaver, which plays suits him well, you know. I always think guys like Kevin Lee as well who are good wrestlers but maybe could use it a little bit better and use their striking around it should go to AKA but then when you have Habib and AKA maybe that's a bit awkward if he wants to go back to 155 but I think AKA is a fantastic uh, camp so maybe there but you know maybe Firas as well the thing about Firas though is I think you have to kind of tear everything up and really buy into it and it's a kind of a five year plan when you're going to Firas to, to get you there and he still mightn't even get you there you know you've seen it with some guys but I, I do think he is very good There's there's lots of good places but I, I like the Woodley approach for someone like Kevin Lee. Um, you know, I, th- I I think he could learn bits from everywhere, put little bits of strategies together, and, uh, and, and you know, it could serve him well. Um, right, uh, Twitter. Uh, Alan Tobin. Does Frank Yeager deserve his title chat? Uh, if I were um, uh, Volkanovski, I wouldn't be happy. Big love for Frankie, but he has got this shot out of sentiment, surely. Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. There's Frank Yeager, there's no argument here that Frank Yeager deserves a title shot. I don't think anyone who's not a, Frank, a big Frank Yeager fan, you know, there's no harm if you are a big Frank Yeager fan, no problem. You know, I'm a big Man United fan, I, I'd argue for them till the, the cows come home, and I'll still be wrong, and you're wrong here if you're a Frank Yeager uh, fan, and that's just the, the, the bottom and top of it. Like, uh, Edgar's won one fight in the last two years. He got knocked out by the number one contender, beaten twice by the ex-champion. His last four title fights in a row is uh, there's a guy who just beat the champion that he got beaten by twice, fought last week, and he gets over him for a title shot. And I know you can argue that um, they need this quick, they needed to, to fill a card, and maybe that's the one argument they needed to fill a card, but... I'd give it to, to Bektish before him. I'd definitely give it to Zabit before him. I think you need to move on with this division. I've been saying this for two years, and I've been proven right by this, because the division hasn't moved on. You got Aldo in the first time for, for the rematch after Aldo had been beaten by, by Max. Then Max went up to lightweight. You had the Ortega fight, which was, for me, a great fight, because it was a fun fight, and it also kind of marked how this division was moving on. But then it just never did move on. You still have Frank Geiger in there going for title shots when you have Zabit, when you have Bektish, when you have loads of other good guys coming through. Arnold Allen's what like 5 and all and stuff like that and I know a title shot might be a little bit early for him but I think it's better to give it to someone too early than someone too late like Frank Yeager I I, I just don't know I, I don't know I think this is I could like if this was I don't know someone someone who was a really really big draw let's say okay let's say Ricardo Lamas was a big draw right and he came in there and two weeks ago and he won a fight after losing a few in a row and uh, they wanted to give him this fight. You need someone to draw. They need someone to fill this card. And Ricardo Lamas is getting that fight. I could st- I could live with it. But Frank Edgar's not a big draw. Frank Edgar's not that guy. You know. <laughs> and obviously Ricardo Lamas is not that guy as well. But if he was that guy. It's just. It makes no sense from, from any point of view. Except to fill the card. And except maybe Ali's involved. And the UFC like to keep him on the sweet side. And the UFC like Frank Edgar as well. Dana White's always like Frank Edgar. He said it himself. So other than that. No, I'd I'd love to see this division move on. I think it'd be healthier. I think you can make Zabit a star. You can you can you know you can call him the next Tabib, even though he's a very different fighter, and you can you can drive him that way. But I think with Frank Edgar, you're going nowhere backwards. To to be honest. All right, next question uh, here, John Mintz. Did you enjoy uh, Liverpool's nearly title? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was great. Yeah, they didn't win. It was it was absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, Farrell Connolly has the talk of Belter coming uh, to Dublin in December disappeared. Uh, I haven't heard much talk of it, but 
I, I don't know. I, I I haven't heard the plants have changed, if that's uh, any good. But I don't know. You you know, you never know. I, I, I presume it is coming back in, in September. I think, did I say November or September? Yeah, I, I think it probably is. Uh, who's next for Billy Joe Saunders from Farley Connolly after his impressive win? People saying Canada or Triple G, sure not. I'd love to see him fight him. I think Billy Joe Saunders would beat both of them. I think he's that good. It's just his problem is he fights to his level. If he's fighting someone really good, I, he fights really well. If he's fighting someone not so good, he'll fight really well and he'll do enough to win, but not not brilliantly. That, that's that's the thing with him. But yeah, I, I'd love to see him fight one of, one of those two lads. Um, Mr. Podge, what happened to Man City's fan base when they were in the lower divisions? Uh, it was great and it was always sold out and now their stadium is empty and half their fans are plastic. Well, I don't know. Maybe the tickets are too expensive. Maybe that's it. Maybe they've gone supporting a property in Man United. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Gavin Sherlock, I'd love to know what, he, what Team Alpha Mel thought of the matchup too. Uh, surely uh, he had to grapple his ass off to have any hope uh, of winning. They're talking about uh, Sage and Arcot there. Um Look, it's it's tough. And the original question is from Nick Dan actually. Does Super Sage come back after eight fractures in his face? Does his father not let him continue? Uh, and didn't they, did they not know who Kazma Alexandra was? Uh, understanding, uh, underestimating one's opponent seems to be a surefire way to lose. Uh, they, they, they surely knew who he was. Like, you know, when you're doing your research on it, obviously, you know, 1FC, uh, as we've kind of talked about before, it's impossible for, for me and a lot of people to actually go and do the research of all these fights. You know, it, this, for a lot of people, isn't a full-time, full-time job. We spend a lot of hours on it, but to, to look at the 1FC undercard and, and see a challenger to, to say you're not good, it's it's tough with two or three other cards in the same week. So you know, for people like like me or people covering or people doing things, it's you you know wouldn't expect it. For Sage Narcot, it's all that matters to him. Of course, he's going looking. Of course, you're right, Faber. If he's his coach or the people at Team Alpha Male are going looking at it. Of course, that's happening. Uh, he, I, I, he didn't underestimate him. I'm saying he was he was just caught early. He was hit by a very very good striker and caught. Um, will his father let him come back? That's another question. I suppose that's one for his father to ask him. I wouldn't be surprised if that did happen. But Sage, I think this is Sage's uh, outlet. You know, this is Sage's job. I, I think he's he's been taking it pretty pretty seriously. He has other things as well in the pipeline, obviously. You know, but I still think Sage will be a good fighter. Will he be a world champion or not? Probably not. But most people probably aren't uh, ever going to be a world champion. So. No, I'd love to see Sage coming back. I, I like him. I think he's a good lad. I think he's a good fighter. Um, maybe a, a people expect him to be the best fighter in the world, and he's not that. But change your expectations, and I, I think he, 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 you know you'll enjoy Sage Narcot a bit more. Uh, Ian Heinish, who's next? Uh, what's his ceiling? High hopes for that lad. Yeah, look to me, looking at Ian Heinish, I don't, I don't know who's next. You could give him lots of people. There's lots of good guys in that division. But looking at him, he has that thing that is hard to teach and it's impossible to teach and you either have it or you don't have it and you maybe maybe you even maybe that's unfair maybe you, you can attain it but you have to attain it kind of through wars or through what you've been through your you know your your life and your fighting life and all and that's perseverance his ability to get beaten down and kind of come back and stick in there and it's not just that it's to always think you're going to win even in the worst of circumstances that's a very very hard thing for fighters to have especially fighters like because if you're getting beaten down it's very hard to think I'm still going to win. You know, it's I, I'm going to survive. I'm going to see the end of the round. I'm going to see the end of the fight, maybe. But to think, no, I'm going to win. And you could see that from him. You could see it even when he was... I, I was kind of saying to myself when he was losing, like, not not afterwards when I watched it in the second uh, watchback at the time. So it's that's that's a big thing for him. Um, Tim Sullivan. What should Kevin Lee do next is the only question that should be asked. What should, I think Kevin Lee should stay at 170. I think he 
he cut too much weight to get down to 155 um i think he needs time to acclimate to the weight we saw max holloway when he went up as well the weight didn't look good on him i do i don't think it looked pretty bad i don't think it looked too bad sorry on kevin lee um but i think he can do better he can fight better at that weight when he has time give it two or three more fights at 170 if it doesn't work out for him go down to 155 again um but i wouldn't write him off totally yet i still think kevin lee is a good fighter um and uh give him give him a bit more of a chance uh, Kieran Gaffney, what would you consider to be next for RDA? I think him versus Masvidal could be fun. Post Askren fight, post Askren fight. Sorry, a matchup against Woodley would also appeal, albeit stylistically it may prove similar to Usman and RDA or uh, Ponzinibbio. Um, yeah, that Masvidal fight seems fun. Woodley, yeah, I'd, li- I'd like a Woodley fight. I think that'd make a bit of sense as well. With Woodley kind of having his hand broken out and then coming back because RDA is a guy. You know, after losing to Usman, after losing to Covington, one of them is going to be champion, you know, come, coming up here for the next year because they're probably going to fight each other and then there's, you know, time off and everything like that. So, um, you know, it's it, it makes it makes sense because already, not, as I said, he's not getting that shot. Woodley's probably not getting that shot anytime soon either. So, uh, there you uh, there you go. Uh, STD asked about Sage Narcot. Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, Kevin Lee, uh, should he consider changing gym? Yeah, we talked about that as well. Uh, Robbie Fox, my a good friend, Robbie Fox, Barstool Robbie. Uh, when are you planning on watching Star Wars? Never. I'll never watch Star Wars unless if if I get to if we get to. Um, 200 patreon subscribers i watch star wars there you go there's my guarantee the sean sheen guarantee 200 patreon subscribers i watch star wars uh how much further do you think aspen lad can go relying on her chin instead of avoiding uh taking shots um yeah she she did take a few big shots all right from from eubanks at the weekend um it's it's always difficult when you're relying on your chin, but I, I I don't think she relies on her chin too much. But if you're relying on your chin to get inside, and to uh you know to 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 dominate the next four and a half minutes of the round, you can get away with that for a good while. To be honest, you know Habib's gotten away with it for a for for a long long time. He got away with it, uh you know in in fights against McGregor and in fights against uh, um, Barbosa especially, but and and that's maybe a bit unfair on Habib, but like. You know, a fighter like Habib, you tell him I, I'll take one shot in the head and I'll get a takedown. He'll give that up, no problem. And I think Aspen Ladd is a similar sort of fighter uh, that way. Uh, if she was someone who, you know, like a Diego Sanchez who's taking shots standing up to, you know, taking five shots to land two, that that's when it gets difficult. But I think for her, it, it's okay. Uh, Shane Heffernan, good man, big half. Uh, question for the podcast: Will Celtic win ten in a row? Yeah, definitely. Steven Gerrard doesn't know what it takes to win the league, so yeah, they they, they probably will. Uh, on the podcast this week, can you ex- please discuss Pizzi Carroll's use of a microphone? Yeah, Pizzi can use a microphone. He was talking into the, the back and top of a microphone when he should have been talking into the front and side of it. Absolutely fantastic. If you haven't seen that clip, go over and, uh, and see it. Uh, Team Cleo is an interesting question. BJ, is he a legend or a journeyman? He's a le- he's definitely a legend. But he's turned into a bit of a journeyman, hasn't he? At the, the end of his career. And you can't be bored because you can't be a champion and then turn into a journeyman. But he's... He, he's He's gone from legend status to has been status, and that's a I fucking hate saying I when I, those words were coming out of my mouth just there. I hated myself for saying them, but that's the that's the raw truth of it. Like that is the raw truth of it. He's he has everything that he used to have is gone. I did a rewatch this week if you're on Patreon, him versus Joel Eddie Stevenson, and showed how good he was. Like he okay, he's not if he was fighting today that same way, he wouldn't be a top class fighter, but he would still be a good fighter, you know. And he, for his day, he was a top class fighter, the top level at his weight class. He was brilliant, and he's just not that anymore. He really isn't. Um, next question from N Switch Kick Five. 
Uh, do some fans and commenters hate Johnny and JTX so much? Uh, do they abandon logic when they speak uh, about her and they're talking about uh, Ian JTX and um, Jessica Andraj uh, here? Let me just click on the, the thing he sent in. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about Whaley Zhang instead and, and different things. I, look, I think personally in Jacek has kind of the the Jose Aldo thing about her she loses a couple of fights and she loses against the best person in the world like Jose Aldo did with Max Holloway you know I talked about this in a podcast two weeks ago and they kind of forget how good she was you know Yuan and Jacek's still a very very good fighter because she lo- lost to Rosanam Yunus twice and lost to uh was it Vantina Shinko as well it was <clears throat> it doesn't make her a bad fighter but yeah it's fans do forget that and oh, sometimes I forget it as well you know um and and it's a difficult one but yeah no she's still she's still very very good uh question for severe my podcast from std is aldo versus connor a severe ratings 10 god what what would it be actually that that fight was it only went 13 seconds it was quick it was it was thorough <clears throat> you know i give those sort of fights the quick exciting fights a 7.7 but i think that was such a a kind of a magical fight, a, such a, an insane fight to beat a guy that was unbeaten for nine years, a champion in the UFC, never been beaten, the only ever 145-pound champion. That would probably have to be around, uh, I think, an 8.6 maybe. That was that was just unbelievable. So, yeah, I'm not putting it, Will I put it in my ratings? I don't know. If you want me to do historical fights in my ratings, let me know. Sign up for Patreon. When I, when I get to 200 subscribers on Patreon as well, I'll do that. I'll do one... Um, one uh, historical fight a week. So I'll get to that 200 uh, Patreon subscribers and we'll do that there. Uh, now that there is an open spot on Team Sheen following Fire Kids retirement, has Frank Yeager <laughs> received a call-up? No, Mikel Pereira is taking that. And also, <clears throat> Ian O'Neill last week, la- asked last week about uh, Tom Dukumwa's retirement. So, yeah, it's an unfortunate one to see Tom Dukumwa go. I think he's a lot of talent. You know, maybe a lot of people would argue that he hasn't been fulfilling it over the last couple of years since he got signed for the UFC. And that's, that's definitely true. You know, he hasn't looked great since he got to the UFC, but I still think the base of a great fighter uh, is there. And, you know, there have been... <clears throat> there have been signs that he's been improving in different ways but it's unfortunate that he's retired look it's unfortunate for me it, maybe it's not unfortunate for him maybe he doesn't enjoy it maybe he wants to do other things he does a bit of modeling and acting it and stuff as well so if he enjoys that more fair play to him uh but he'll be back it's an mere time let's be honest and uh, john dinney does max holloway deserve a shot at frank edgar in the back of a lot <laughs> fantastic yeah he probably doesn't know in the ufc um Mr. Podge, where does Volkanovski go from here? Would his best option to be to get a fight on the same card or wait it out? Not too quick for the same card. Uh, he probably is best off waiting, waiting and out now. The problem with that is, what if Frank Yeager wins? You know, I, I talked about Frank Yeager not deserving a title shot, and I, he doesn't. But Frank Yeager could still win. I think Max Holloway will, will win pretty easily. But Frank Yeager is getting this fight with Max Holloway just after losing. Uh, just after being in a war with Dustin Poirier, maybe it's not the same Max Holloway as, as it was. You know, he's taken a lot of lot of damage over the last year. He had that concussion thing as well. He had that, that war with Brian Ortega. Okay, he won that fight and he looked okay after the whole concussion thing and all uh, once given time. But it might be a good time for Frank Edgar. You know, Frankie, Frankie's past his prime as well. Frankie is uh, coming off a lot of injuries over the last couple of years as well. So maybe there's that. But, you know... Um, let's see what happens Volkanovski it's it's tough to know what, for him what to do the best option I think though wait it out wait it out and see because and you know my whole thing for Frank Edgar could win if he does you could see Max Holloway getting, uh, getting a rematch but uh, let, let's see uh, Andy Hall asks uh, about uh, Fire Kid as well he's young enough where he could legitimately start a new career path I see him returning regardless um, yeah I, I see him returning but no, if he, if he doesn't want to, then, then, then he shouldn't. And uh, Mr. Podge kind of asked the same question as, as well in the, in the last question there. 
So that's it, everybody. Thanks very much uh, for listening. Hopefully, all of you people not subscribers to Severe Podcast Premium will will sign up now because you enjoyed this. Uh, and everyone there, thanks very much for your continued support. I really appreciate it, myself and Graham. Uh, we'd be lost without you. We we literally wouldn't be doing this podcast uh, without all of you over there. So thank you, thank you very much for that. All right, everybody. See you all next week. Good luck. <laughs>